Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armen. And I want to jump right in and talk about some feelings, Julia, because <laughs> I've been having feelings and we got a question about feelings. And yeah, we got a question uh, talking about like feeling inadequate when you compare your work to the uh, quote unquote glossy pictures that people post on Instagram and, and blogs. And how do you look past that to not feel I mean, less less good and less amazing and to either only take the inspiration that's meant in those images or even just like not comparing yourself to them at all. Yeah, I. All right. So what's been coming up in my world is that in our town, there is kind of a studio art tour um, that people go on to see other artists, studios and stuff. And the question came up uh, if we should do it at our studio because Jamie is a quote unquote real artist. And I have a lot of anxieties when it comes to comparing myself with other people right now. And it's really raw and sensitive. And I think that this ties into the idea of seeing a whole bunch of things on social media and how good people can be and how people who have a strong voice and that's really intimidating. And I've been feeling even more right now that I have like all this raw anxieties about being good or worth it or that the stuff I create is interesting and important at all. Like it kind of just feels all like frivolous garbage right now. And I think it's maybe because I don't know, I'm I'm not really sure what I want to be painting, the things I want to paint. I feel like I don't have the skills to paint them. And it's just, I'm stuck in this feeling of inadequate anxieties about just making art stuffs and it's kind of a hard slump to be in like I was feeling like I was going on the upswing for a little bit from this podcast and talking to you and and being okay with learning and just doing it for the sake of learning and getting it out there and now that I've been just doing it for a year and painting stuff and I have all these like rando (laughs) paintings and I'm really proud of a lot of them But now I'm at this spot where I'm like, do I just keep painting random things with the kind of looming idea of should someone come into our studio space and see like the stuff I have on my side and it's all really not great? I don't know that that really just it puts kind of a rock in my stomach. And so I feel like if that's going to happen, I'm going to like hide all my things. (laughs) No one can see them because I don't want anyone to see what it is. And then the idea of like people walking in and seeing this weird empty spot is also kind of anxiety prone and like, well, what's this chick doing here? You know, like she's not making anything. So it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling all the things, lots of comparison anxieties it's probably partly something that we talked about pretty early on that gap between like being able to see what's good and not being there yet like as you start to learn things and I think also you've sort of set yourself up for pain I think because like you've you've gotten better and you've like found sort of found your stride and then started thinking about finding your voice, which is a really hard thing to do. Like you had that. That's not something that you can practice your way into in the same mm-hmm. way, I think. And so like in the first and like for for a while, you had that like, yeah, I'm doing it and it's fun. And they're like, oh, I'm getting better. And then once you start getting good enough to be like, OK, so now what do I want to do? 
and then you're like you sort of just plop yourself into this confusing void because you've gotten good enough that you don't want to just be happy about getting better you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and, and that's so hard when you're like okay so I can like when your progress starts to make you challenge yourself and and like challenge yourself also in the sense of questioning yourself and being like okay so now what and that is a hard place that is a hard place to be and I think because it's one of those things where you can't just you know keep practicing until (laughs) you get your double handspring or whatever it might be like or once you figure out how to make hands look like hands you know those things that you can practice to and then there's that very sort of vague philosophical concept of who am I as an artist now that is gonna hurt I think yeah because like right now I don't know what I should be painting you know like I don't know what I am making am I making paintings that are portraits of people uh, which I am not good at and needs a lot more work to do or am I painting landscapes which I'm kind of I can get done but I don't really feel it very deeply as like this is what I should or should I be doing like oceany stuff which I really love but for some reason I don't know I'm just like I'm I'm really stuck I'm really really stuck because all the artists that I follow on social media to kind of bring it back to the question we got and it's like they all have this this display of their work and it's all so cohesive it's all so their work you know and it's just it's it's painting after painting it's like they know what they're going to do every single time and I have which is what you see which is what I see, right? It's what, right? It's what I see because <laughs> that's what everyone sees and that's what they're displaying. It's like, I have a mussel shell and apples and a picture of a friend and um, like a bowl of eaten ice cream. Like it's so random. And I just, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. And I think that, and I, and so I just stopped going anywhere and I didn't go to the studio yesterday when I probably should have. And it's just like, I was also, you know, a little, you know, out of it from my birthday party, but <laughs> <laughs> that was an excuse. So I was making excuses to not go to the studio and I didn't go. And I think it's just cause like, I don't know what to paint. I don't know what to make. And I don't know what to do. But do you think that it's also like, you feel that weird betrayal where you're like, well, art was where I went to get happy the way you've talked about, like, it's what does good things to me. And then mm-hmm. suddenly art turns on you and it is it turned on me that's what happened julia we're like this this is where i went to deal with stuff it's it's like some people have that problem they break up with someone and they're like i don't know what to do now because that was the person that i would have turned to when i was sad Mm -hmm. but they're not there and also they're the reason that i'm sad and maybe your like your 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 paints and your canvases are doing the same thing to you where you were like this is this is where i went to pour things out and now you are the problem yeah, that's how I felt. And then I just, I turned to my pajamas and napping on the couch. <laughs> so that's what I did instead of painting yesterday. Cause I don't know, everything like I put on the canvas the other day too, I just kept on wiping it off and just being like, hey, oh, I just hate this. I don't but know. But I think that's, I think that's okay too, though. Cause that's what I was going to say. Like maybe just keep doing landscapes that look okay and you don't love them and keep doing uh, fruits and leaves B- because like 
sort of like you can't wait for the perfect time to get inspired. I think also if you like take a break until you like it again, you're either not going to like it because it's going to disappear from your like top of mind or you're going to be rusty and not still have the practice maybe like so you know and i i mean don't don't do it for me but your stuff makes me happy when i see it in my feed (laughs) i have to do it for the podcast i had to keep giving myself (laughs) some sort of anxieties about art to keep talking about them (laughs) or or maybe do something else entirely for a bit like maybe be like okay this is my hardcore macrame Fortnite or whatever yeah. or take a weird class or watch a youtube video and do acrylic pours or something just to be like oh right art is fun yeah because that's that's what i try to do for instance when i'm like i hate knitting right now and then i'm like i'll make some socks i don't have to think and i'll have something to do with my hands and then i'll remember that finished objects are fun and it's you know like just to remind yourself what it is that you that you like I did pull out my watercolors for like two seconds and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go and paint some bird's nests <laughs> with my watercolors. I don't know why that feels so different than, you know, upright at the easel and everything, but it, uh, it did. So yeah. All right. It's time for some weaving. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll report back next week with how I found my way back if I did. It is funny that you talk about upright at the easel because that is kind of what we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about a different kind of pain uh, because I have given myself back spasms twice over the past two weeks in the oh. studio, like full on bad, uh, can't move without making extremely undignified noises and like having to roll over to get out of like the whole thing. And I'm pretty sure that it was because I was really, really sick and I was in bed for like eight or nine days. I didn't move. I just slept with a fever. And then I got up and uh, was bent over my wheel. And especially I think when I like when I clean it or when you're moving stuff around in a fairly cold studio. Mm. So I think that muscles that had done nothing and then were in not the best position in the cold. And it's just like it just snapped. It broke. It did not like it. And I try to think about that stuff. Uh, obviously I didn't think enough because I went back into the studio when my back was better and then I was like oh oh no wait wait this this oh, again no. oh I'm I am no stranger to that kind of horrible pain and the frustrations that it brings with it when you just you can't do anything yeah because I, I think also like it is especially I mean regardless of of whether it's like job art or just a job job or stuff that it's so easy to just like you sit the same way bent over your whatever it is for you know hours at a time without Mm -hmm. really realizing that maybe you are now putting a very weird knot into your back or hand or eyes I I don't think you could do that but (laughs) but you know what I mean like the the thing where you're just like I am stuck in this this is the way I always sit when I knit or paint or whatever Mm -hmm. and you don't realize that this is this is not your friends do you like do you do you think about the way that you sit or stand or move when you make stuff oh I try to all the time because I have had multiple times that I've hurt myself and it even translates into the way I sit when I play like video games or any really anything because I also I'm like I have three herniated discs and it is a big problem oh no yeah did they come from sitting over a sewing machine or no no well one came from having a kid which apparently they say everyone gets this one 
whenever they carry babies. But like it is um, it's just a thing that's there. And in me, it, it acts up and it's it's terrible. And the idea of like, you know, this kind of invisible chronic pain is debilitating and really hard for you to get even just like the right, the right attitude back when it comes to creating. And so I try and think about this all the time when I'm doing stuff. My, my husband, he is also a sufferer of like, um, RSI issues. And so he's really, really into the right height of a computer and the right height of a chair and the right height of a desk. And so he really, sets that up for our family. <laughs> He's very much the um, ergonomic guru that it lives in our house, which is helpful. So it eliminates a lot of those things. But when it comes to the art studio and doing creative things, it's like, I, that's me. You know, I have to be really careful of the way I hold my wrist when I'm pulling fabric through a sewing machine or the way I'm sitting upright at an easel and, or leaning over a table to paint watercolor. So yeah, I think about it constantly. And if I don't, you start feeling those little like warning signs. Um, Which are good and bad. Like it's, yeah. it's good when you're like, okay, so that it does like with, with, the, with the back spasms, the problem is that like I was building up to it. Then you get that like pow slam and then you're done. It's because I, I, I also appreciate when like you're if I'm knitting too much or sitting in a bad way while I'm doing it and you get that you start getting the twinges where mm-hmm. your wrists or your fingers are like no. Which is so frustrating, right? Because it's like, I'm doing something that's making my brain so happy, but yeah, it's making my body so miserable. And it's like mm-hmm. this battle. And it's really, really frustrating because you're like, how can I sit and create and make things that make me happy and make me feel productive when every part of my body is telling me like, stop doing this thing. Stop it. Stop doing it. Don't do it. Like, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. I, I just recently got a product actually, not a sponsor, uh, but Upright Go. It's like a thing that goes on your back to help your posture. Oh, I've seen, I've seen ads for those. It like buzzes. I've been wearing it while podcasting so I can sit more tall in my chair and remember to do that because podcasting, it's like you're sitting and you're, in front of a microphone and it's so easy to just get into like a like a slumpy little spot (laughs) and it's been a great improvement i've thought about getting those like weird holster things that just like pull your shoulders back oh i've tried that too those are you can slouch all you want in those (laughs) (laughs) it's like that thing you can you can walk as slouchy as you want and still keep a book balanced on your head it's not the Yeah, exactly. It's more of like a center of gravity thing. It's like, yeah, there's this thing that's digging into my armpits, but I'm going to slouch right through it. So take that. (laughs) But at least the thing is buzzing on your back and keeps saying like, like, oh, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's sort of like getting a text saying, drink some water, dum-dum. Yes, it's exactly like that, except I ignore those. (laughs) Okay. No, because I get, I sometimes find myself getting, because I have some like joint issues and, um, a tendency to inflammation and stuff and I sometimes you know I get so frustrated like why can't I do this thing without pain or why can't I just you know do this thing for and then I'm like because 95% of the stuff that we do in an average day is probably not stuff that our bodies were actually meant to do you know like but what what are our bodies meant to do? You know what I mean? Like if they don't let us like make things, carry stuff, uh, sit, like <laughs> all the things. Well, I think that it's that thing of like, we're not, we're not meant to sit on chairs for long periods of time. We're meant to squat and move around and sit in a dynamic way so that the muscles engage, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, 
but like we're we're not meant probably to sit and knit for two hours straight without moving it's probably not good for anyone except your soul um so i think like having having that thing of of trying to remember that yes it is frustrating but you have to be nice to your body because your body doesn't want to do any of this stuff your body wants to take long walks does it (laughs) i think it does because that's that's one thing that i've also like had to because i've got caught like gone in and out of routines with working out and it's also frustrating to realize like with age and with the things that you do you have to sort of work out to make sure your body doesn't betray you like I know yes. that a lot of a lot of <laughs> potters go to the gym like you you can joke that like working with all that clay gives you really like ripped arms and stuff <laughs> but you kind of have to you know, lift weights or do stuff to harass your muscles so that all of the muscles in your body are worked through, not just the specific ones that work with the clay, because that's how you get back problems and joint problems. And, you know, if you sit at a desk all day, not only do you need to get up and move around, um, you know, either do cardio or take a walk or go to the bathroom, but you probably also do want to work the muscles that are either static or engaged in a bad way all day. And I think it's the same way, like, at a certain age, you can you can drink without ill effects, you can eat whatever you want, and after a certain point, you can't. And yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, your your margins of, of punishment are much smaller. <laughs> I've been definitely learning as I've gotten older that the fitness aspect of like when you were younger it's more like oh yeah I'm just gonna you think that the people who are working out and doing all that stuff are just doing it because that's what they like or they just want to get ripped right but now I realize that oh at at you know your mid-30s this is maintenance mode like you know you you have to use it or lose it when it comes to like flexibility and strength it's like it becomes like brushing your teeth except mm -hmm. you have to do it for an hour yeah and I've been i personally been going um I'm fortunate enough to go see a trainer twice a week now and it has just been one of those things it's like if I go and do this and put in this a little tiny amount of time which is like just two hours a week to maintain some sort of like flexibility and minor level of strength then that allows me to go and do the things which is mostly creative pursuits that I can do because I can do them for longer and without back spasms and without um, hurting myself because I've learned in in the workouts how to how to hold your body and how to stay upright and not feel fatigued and you just you work out all those muscles and I think it, it, that has been the biggest change for me in terms of avoiding a lot of injuries is mm-hmm. putting in the extra time to work out just a little tiny bit every week and it has been a a giant increase in happiness and productivity when it feels like you're taking time out of your day like hours out of your day to go do this stuff uh it it really does prolong how long you can do it after the fact and I can highly recommend it to anybody who's been kind of thinking about making that change in their life to just just go ahead and and do it and kind of force yourself to say that this is now how I maintain my body. Like you take your car in to get tuned up. You the people use all these kind of analogies, right? Like you eat right and you do all these things. Yeah, or even you think of it like like if w- with this kind of stuff, you you might even have to think of it like okay, I have to do like some YouTube yoga for twenty minutes. It's the same thing as prepping mm-hmm. my canvas yep. or 
uh, wedging the clay or, you know, like it's it's part of the prepa- like the boring preparing stuff that you have to do for stuff to come out right. It's yep. just the way it is. And, and now you have some- to do it for your body. So do the boring <laughs> preparing stuff for your body, because honestly, like as a creative person and anyone out there who is a creative person, like your your body is kind of your main tool like it is the main thing that you're using to create the things that you are planning on creating and you might as well put a little maintenance into it and you know be better at what you want to make because you are prepared you get the one body and yes you can like have shoulder replacements and stuff but you (laughs) are going to be very sad when you I mean we've talked about it like if you're injured or whatever when you suddenly can't do the thing yeah and depending on your art and depending on you know dumb luck and genetics that time may come sooner than you want may not come at all but you know you might want to give yourself those extra couple of good years but what I was thinking also is because we're talking now about like maybe the bigger creative stuff and I think that it's important to think about the small stuff as well like with knitting for instance you sit and knit in front of the tv and you might feel like this is just a, you know a small fun thing I do or when I sit and doodle I tend to grip pencils too hard and I yeah. tend to like just slump down on the couch and but you might not think of that as something like you also need to get up and stretch your hands mm-hmm. so you don't get RSI or you don't like pinch a nerve or something so those things are almost as important if not more important than the stuff of like oh I lift lots of clay and work with stuff and or I stand in front of an easel all day, like your your doodling and stuff probably also requires you to, if not lift with weights, then at least like do some stretching. And I got to say, the, the, the doing the stretching, not only does it feel great after you've been like sitting for a while, and then you're like, oh, but I mean, just sometimes walking away from your work, whatever you're doing helps you come back to it with a better light. So it's, it's not only a, a physical benefit, but it's also kind of a great little mental benefit too to like step away take a break because the things that you were maybe obsessing with or seeing as flaws or or um, not seeing like how you couldn't get something right stepping back and looking at what you were creating or taking a break from practicing music like you can't get a chord progression right or something just just doing that little takeaway you know both physical and mental is is a giant benefit. And and I often forget to do that. Like I'll sit and be doing a painting for hours and then finally be like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, just, and then your brain then is you like, do. oh my God, thank you, oxygen. <laughs> and then I get up and I'm like, oh, my legs are stiff. You know, like it all of a sudden is just mm-hmm. this, this big avalanche of, oh my gosh, I haven't, I really haven't moved for a really long time. And then you do. <laughs> now that I can welcome you to 36, you're going to be making a lot more funny noises when you sit down and get oh, up. Oh, no. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm strong. I'm working out. I'm working out. Anyway, but yeah, then you come. Do you want to take a quick break and step away from the podcast for a second? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Let's uh, let's go check out something else over here on the other <laughs> side of the room while we're standing and doing some downward dog stretches. Mm-hmm. So this episode of Make Do is brought to you by Art Snacks. Art Snacks is a wonderful way to discover new art supplies. And each month, a box will come, which includes four to five full-sized premium art products to help you discover brand new tools, practices, and techniques. 
and Art Snacks boxes frequently include new products before they're available in stores. The team at Art Snacks carefully select and rigorously test. And I, I want to see like machines that do this for them because I love <laughs> those weird machines. Uh, no, to you make can sure... see it on their Instagram stories. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they test each product to make sure that they meet the standards that they know your art deserves. What are some of the favorite things that you've gotten in your boxes, Tiff? Oh my gosh, there was this one thing called Liquid Chrome. <gasps> it's amazing. It's like a pen that literally writes like chrome. And it's so good and so shiny. And I would have never found it if it weren't for my Art Snacks subscription. What have you used it on? Oh, I use it on Adam's uh, little cards, his lunch cards, when I draw like swords uh, and stuff. Because I mean, you nice. can use liquid chrome when you're drawing a sword. Duh. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Art Snacks offers both U.S. and international plans, so no matter where you are, you can get creative and shiny and chrome. <laughs> and Art Snacks is offering an exclusive deal for make-do listeners. You get 10% off your first month with Art Snacks if you use the code MAKEDO at checkout. And by doing that, it's kind of supporting us too because it's telling Art Snacks that you guys listen and you want to use their awesome products and that they should keep sponsoring us. Woo! So <laughs> go to artsnacks.co to find out more. And don't forget to use the code MAKEDO to get 10% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan and our thanks to art snacks for supporting this show and relay fm indeed <laughs> now i'm like do you uh, do you use good ventilation when you use that chrome pen <laughs> the chrome pen doesn't smell it's very very good i just i need to find like 12 more they're so good okay so yeah liquid chrome because that's something that i think about a lot because with and i think i've mentioned this before with pottery you you can easily forget that things can be dangerous for you. Like yes. the, with the glazes, I think people are better at remembering because you're like, well, these are chemicals. But even then, it's really easy to be sloppy about good hygiene because you have powders everywhere. But then also, um, and I mean, like my, my hands are always dry. My hands are always incredibly dry <laughs> because they're in water all day. Uh, but also... Uh, things can be bad for your lungs even just like the regular clay the ceramic dust can mm -hmm. get into your airways if you like don't make sure to sweep up and you know wet dry stuff and uh just i think last year uh, a potter that i follow on instagram had to just step away from her practice she was in hospital she's had several operations for i want to say that it's called silicoidosis uh meaning that the silica in in the dust had just like calcified on her lungs and airways. Oh so you have to go in and scrape it out. And that's not something that you would necessarily think about. You're just like, okay, I don't want to inhale it because it could be toxic, but it can mm -hmm. also be f like, like physically, physiologically dangerous. I don't know if you, do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just oh, like, yeah. oh, it can be. Um, so there's that kind of thing. And for that matter, you know, being careful about, if you're cutting things or dremeling things or whatever, things fly at you. And I don't even know, like, how... I know that there's very rarely lead and arsenic in oil paints anymore, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that there are <laughs> things that are, like, cadmium and things. But I, I'm assuming that you also don't point your brushes by licking at them. But is this something that you think about? Like, what is in the materials... That oh, you yeah. use and like don't sniff the thinner too much and <laughs> I definitely think about it. I got myself some um low odor natural um paint cleaner 
stuff. <laughs> and so that's been pretty good. But I did make the big mistake when I was varnishing my paintings for the first time of doing that indoors. That was that was dumb, 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 because there's very little ventilation in the studio. <laughs> like we can open the windows and stuff and we do. But it yeah, that was a mistake. I should have done that outside. It made everything stink for a really long time. And I can see that this would be a problem long term, definitely. So I'm not doing that again. And so, yeah, there are a lot of like really toxic things. I can't recommend enough if anyone is working with any kind of glues or um, adhesives and uh, very high. Um, yeah, the, the, the off gassing. Yeah, anything with with high off gassing, it, it, please use a respirator. They have a whole bunch. Um, there are all different filters that go on them, and they there there's also in the United States anyway. There are um, you can get a hold of binders that kind of tell you about all of the gases and what kind of filters to use with them when you're using a respirator. And we had all of that stuff when I used to work in the city on the costumes because we used a lot of different weird adhesives and stains and paints and all kinds of stuff. So all of that information is out there and definitely check it all out. And I should take my own advice and do this with the stuff oh, I'm yeah. using. Oh yeah, definitely. No, and I think definitely they're like, do make sure to look it up because again, it's not just like the smells that can be dangerous. Things can still be off gassing, right. even if you can't smell them or things that are odorless or things that are, for instance, some things are totally fine to get on your skin, but you mm -hmm. really don't want to get them in your eye uh, or you. There's just, also you particles like, you you know, you're spraying some sort of um, like a, a setting agent on anything, like especially if you're using pastels, you have to spray it down and that stuff. It's just it's not good to do indoors at all. I mean, yeah, there are these kind of art related injuries. It seems like you're kind of being a huge dork and taking like, oh, you're taking too many precautions. Just get on in there and do it. And it's like, no, no, that's that's just not it's a, a silly way to injure yourself and it, it's not worth it like it's yeah and it's I mean we, if we get back to things that are quote-unquote natural for the body when people are like we've been doing this for millennia and it's like yes people have been dying for thousands of years from you know dangerous practices or materials or falling over into a vat of hot oil paints I, I'm <laughs> not sure if that has ever happened but like but like up their oil paints I don't know artists is that a thing I should be doing that I'm not doing Yes, in the microwave. Report back. Take <laughs> okay. video. Oh no, in a in a in a metal container. Is that how you do it? It's in a soup can, like an old soup mm -hmm. can. Yup, yup. Stick that in. Um, there. Please don't do that. <laughs> what's 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 the? I have, I have like a, a two pronged question here. Like your dumbest injury, and then your dumbest thing that you do, even though you know you shouldn't. Oh, okay, this this. Oh, I got a good one. This was when I was younger and I was sewing in bed. <laughs> right. That's a smart thing to do. And I'm sorry, trigger warning for anyone who doesn't like gross stuff, but I was sewing in bed. I fell asleep no. and um, no. the, <laughs> the needle ended up in my stomach. Ah! <laughs> I woke up and I was like, ow, and I pulled it out. It was horrible. It was it was awful. It wasn't like all the way in, but it was. I really put in bad. the notes here. I hadn't heard this story. I put in the notes. Keep track of your needle. <laughs> yep, it was the needle. Yeah, that's why you always leave thread on your needle because then you can easily pull it out of your stomach when you <coughs> fall asleep. Oh, that was my dumbest. Probably. Yep. Yep. I've sewn through things. Oh, I've. Uh, 
It didn't happen to me because I was wearing safety goggles, but when you sew through thick material or anything that might have a hard piece to it, like if you're sewing on um, a button or a sequin or something where the needle can hit the thing, the hard thing, and break, mm-hmm. please wear safety goggles while sewing. It sounds insane to wear safety goggles while sewing. You're like, really? But that little tiny tip of a needle can totally yep. ricochet into your eye. And I have had needles break and hit my safety goggles uh multiple times and so that's another it didn't have it i didn't get injured from it but it could have been real bad (laughs) do you have something that you do like do you get incredibly poor posture when you draw lunchbox drawings for instance Oh, yeah. Poor posture during lunchbox drawings. And um, <laughs> and now, I, now I'm not going to do it. But yeah, varnishing indoors. Stupid. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm also for, for me, it's so much just like crappy posture. Um, and I, I need to work on and I think that's actually really good that I discovered fountain pens because they're teaching me to hold pens less mm-hmm. tightly because when I'm if I'm inking something with like a, a some sort of felt tip or a very thin fine thing I find myself like I just grab because I'm so focused and I want to get it so right and then I suddenly I'm like oh my hand is just a claw this is not <laughs> this is not good so what's your dumbest injury Ugh, I have th- something that's sort of a, a two-parter because it's kind of the same thing second trigger warning <laughs> yes um <laughs> Where I've discovered that, because uh, I use a metal rib to shape the outside and inside of the stuff when I throw pottery. Mm-hmm. And so when I wipe it off with my finger, like the clay that comes off, I've discovered that I make all these tiny, not painful, but still cuts to my index finger where I pull off the clay. So like my whole, the side of my index finger will just have all these cuts that are just they're they're not quite injuries like i've cut myself badly just once or twice i mean mm-hmm. metal ribs are universally dangerous but it's just like i see how dumb i am in all these like in this little like planet scape of my poor <laughs> roughly finger but i have also once uh because when you when you cut things off the wheel a lot of people will use fishing wire which is uh-huh. what i use as well and once i was also again pulling clay off the the fishing wire i mean it's it's plastic it's like the just mm-hmm. fishing uh, it's not wire when it's plastic string i don't know whatever i don't fish twine yeah and i was holding on too tight and i oh. pulled the oh. string and cut my thumb open and oh. this was at the beginning of a class so i had to decide to like okay well i guess i'm just staying here with this like giant gash in my in in my in the thumb of my in the pad of my thumb it was not great Ugh. and then i and then for the longest time i would still have that weird just like compulsive memory and feeling of this thing and feel uncomfortable every time i went to just like carefully pull the clay off off the twine it was not it was not great it was very well i have uh, i have two more quick ones if um to extend the idea of what creative and making might include uh, i was cooking uh, and I remember <laughs> I did cooking injuries, but it was like I was trying to be all cool while cooking, like creative cooking. And I remember seeing um, people in like the 
places in the city they they use to get a avocado pit out and they just take the knife and they go whack right nope, into the nope, like, avocado nope. pick yep yep into my hand yeah so that was good um cut my hand open and just recently this um halloween costume i was making for adam i didn't use gloves while using gorilla glue and my hands were covered in glue for a week and i couldn't feel anything I couldn't feel a thing like my I was just like perma permanent gloves like just glue hands it was I am right now a very interesting example of horrific posture because I'm doing this weird like trying to scrunch my arms into my body because just (laughs) thinking about this stuff is 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 paining me oh it's just they're all such silly avoidable injuries but yeah you learn your lesson from them you certainly do Oh my glue hands! They were oh, it was just terrible. Oh, I mean, just hot glue in general. Where that thing—it wasn't really... even hot glue. It was just like that grill. Yeah, hot glue is is dangerous because it's and hot, hot glue is hot glue is hilarious because you will keep burning yourself like mm-hmm. a small silly child and just be like, oh, I'll be more careful. And then two seconds later, you're again like burning yourself and 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 oofing. And then you're like, I just have to be more careful and. <laughs> you're not you're not you're just gonna keep burning yourself the most frustrating thing about hot glue is that even once you burn yourself and you're gluing the things it doesn't even stay glued on the thing like it always falls apart like it's hot glue is kind of the worst of gluing because it's it produces the most injuries or the most accidents or like the most like small home fires and then it it doesn't even work you know so i just i get very upset i get very upset with hot glue Oh, yes, protective gear is important, but sometimes those horrible feelings of the the voice whispering on your shoulder, you look like a giant dork, <laughs> makes you not wear it. And then or the devil on your other shoulder, who's just like, just start doing it. Just do it. You don't have to do all the boring prep work. And yep. generally, no matter what the boring prep work is, 90 percent of the time you really want to do it, mm-hmm. including yoga or <laughs> prepping your canvas. Yep. It's just like sewing. You have to iron and wash the fabric first before you sew with it. And it will make everything so much easier and better. I can't hear but you right now. Most of the time, you just kind of want to sew it. <laughs> For some reason, I you got really faint in my ear right now. I didn't, couldn't hear that. And yeah, no, all this all this stuff. Like if, if you know you should be wearing long sleeves, wear long sleeves, wear gloves, stretch. Closed-toed shoes. Keep track of your needles. Have a sharps container. <laughs> when you are throwing things away, take a water bottle. This is what you do. Take a water bottle. You cut a little slit in it. And if you are working with razor blades or needles or pins, every time they get dull, you put it in the little bottle. And then once the bottle fills up, you throw away the bottle. Like, And we need to state it. again that looking at our logo, you should never store your X-Acto knives blade up without a cover. We oh, know that no. it was... It was a very brief artistic thing. Right. <laughs> it was for the visual people. <laughs> it was very much for the for the visual, but like all all of that stuff, and also keep keep your sharps sharp, uh, yes. because uh, you are so like the same with with needles and stuff. You're more likely to hurt yourself if your tools are not, and I mean maybe not with paintbrushes, but like keep keep your tools in in good shape because yep. you are more likely to hurt yourself if you keep using the thing that is not quite right and annoying you. Yep. If your needle is snagging, a little tip that most people don't know, which I love to share with everyone, that little strawberry on the end of your tomato pincushion is a needle sharpener. So mm-hmm. stick the needle right. in it's there so cool. a couple times and it takes the little burrs off the needles so you can keep using them without snagging all your work. 
I've seen this necklace that I want to either buy or make something for myself that's just like a small magnetic plate on a mm-hmm. string so that you can stick all of your tiny tools like small scissors or needles just like on your ch- then don't hug anyone until you take it off <laughs> but that thing of where you're like because we all hold needles in our mouths and we shouldn't or you do that thing of like you just stick it through your pants a little bit and then you forget and you stand up and you hurt yourself i always put it in like the lapel or like collar area of my shirt i have like lined up needles and then when i was working in the shop all the time we always wore a little pair of snip scissors around our necks like everyone just did with a piece of yarn or string or anything that you found that's what you wore them around and how often did you put your chin down and stab yourself Oh, no, it wasn't like my chin. I would stab myself in my gut because it was No, wrong. on the, the needles on your on <laughs> Oh, your needles? No, that never. They, they were too far. It was like, you know, on like hand on heart area. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That was always Yeah, so, so think, think before you woohoo. Think before you make and do. <laughs> yeah. And do me a favor. Stand up right now if you can, not if you're driving. All right, or, I'm going to do like, it. Yeah, stand up, do a little stretch, stretch your back, stretch your hands, do all that weird. We can, I can link uh, in the show notes, I'll link some good stretches that are for like knitters and people who do small stuff with their hands because there's a whole bunch of them. And the first I've seen it happen, like the first time someone finds the one stretch that opens up part of their like hand or lower arm that they're not used to stretching. It's like, it's like bliss and so stretch a little, jump around, drink some water, all that stuff. I'm doing all these things right now and I feel a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So that's, that's, we, we've, we haven't done homework in a while. So homework is stretch once a day, <laughs> yep. lift, lift something heavy, use your legs instead of your knees <laughs> and do a little research about what you might or might be breathing in and um, get yourself a good face mask. And don't lick your brushes. Respirator. Don't lick your brushes. Don't drink the ink. No. Oh, what? What is happening? Oh, and don't smell the ink too close because it will make a mark on your nose and then you'll be walking around with a inky nose without, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is also a problem. Our show notes are at RelayFM slash MakeDo and we are MakeDoPod on Twitter and Instagram and you can use the hashtag MakeDoPod if you want to catch our attention. You can find us individually at Tiffany Arment and Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And uh, so that brings us to a close. Everyone stay safe where you're breathing, have a red eye, sit up straight, don't lick your brushes and we'll be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do and stand up and stretch. (laughs) 